You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks Podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what is going on with your body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to The Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week. Last week, we talked about natural birth. Natural birth doesn't have to just be something that you do at home, and we got into the process your body goes through without any interventions, and why some expecting moms choose to plan for an intervention-free birth. This week, we are talking about your labor room environment. This is a big deal no matter where you're having your baby, and there is so much you can do to set up the space that you will be in to be most supportive of the birth experience you want. This episode will have some great tips to improve your birth environment, whether you are giving birth at home, in a birth center, or in a hospital. In the wild, most animals retreat to a quiet, safe place to give birth. If there is any sign of danger, it triggers fight or flight hormones, and their bodies will literally halt the birth so that they can react to the threat and find safety. Humans operate the same way. Oxytocin is the most important hormone during birth, and that's what is causing contractions and keeps labor progressing. We talked last week about how your fight or flight hormones, which are known as catecholamines, or more commonly adrenaline and noradrenaline, can cause oxytocin levels to decrease and can slow labor down. Ideally, during your birth, nothing is inhibiting your oxytocin production, and the fewer stress hormones that are released, the better your labor will be able to progress. The goal is to set up your labor room environment to be a calming, safe environment for you to be in during labor and birth. Oxytocin serves many purposes, and it is not a coincidence that this is also the hormone released when you have an orgasm. Oxytocin is known as the love hormone. It's released when you make a baby and when you give birth. There is a strong argument that the environment that you give birth in should be similar to the environment that you make love in. I'm not saying that you have to have your baby at home in a candle-filled bedroom. I am saying that you should give some thought to how you envision your birth environment. This is probably going to start with the venue, of course, whether it's home, hospital, or birth center. But think about the details. What's the lighting like? What do you hear? Who are the people around you? These questions may seem a little bit silly, but thinking about them beforehand can make a major difference in your birth experience. Your labor will progress best in an environment where you feel safe and relaxed. No matter where you are having your baby, you can make adjustments to your surroundings to create the environment that works best for you. Right now, picture in your mind what a hospital room looks like. The stereotypical hospital room is brightly lit. It's a pretty sterile environment. The center of the room has a hospital bed. There's probably a lot of medical equipment around the room. A hospital is not the most inviting and calming environment. Thankfully, many hospitals are doing more to make the environment in their labor and delivery ward more comfortable and relaxing by doing things like designing cabinets to conceal medical equipment, installing dimmer switches for the lighting, and using paint colors other than white. In a home birth, which we will be talking about next week, you have the most control over your environment. If you're considering a birth center, they tend to be designed to look a little bit more like a home than a hospital room. 
If you're planning to have your baby at a hospital, go look at several hospitals. The environments and the feel of them is going to be different, and you might find that you feel much more comfortable at one over another. No matter where you are giving birth, there's so much about the space and the environment that's under your control and that you can change. Also, think about the environment that your baby is in right now. Your uterus is a warm, dark, and quiet place where your baby feels safe. It may be worth thinking about how they're going to react to their environment when they're born. Going from warm, dark, and quiet to cold, bright, and loud is a pretty big adjustment. Your birth environment doesn't just affect you, but it will also affect your little one when they're born. Bright light is perfect for a beach day, but it may not be perfect for birth. Even in a hospital filled with fluorescent lighting, you can adjust the brightness in your room. Ideally, if there are dimmer switches installed, you can dim the lights. If not, just turn off some of the lights. If your care provider or a nurse needs brighter lights for a specific procedure, you can ask them to dim or turn off some of the lights when they're not needed. Candlelight is relaxing, and although candles may not be permitted at a birth center or a hospital due to fire risk, an alternative would be to use battery-powered candles. Some birth centers may have these available, and if not, you can always bring them with you. If you have windows in the room, natural light can be a nice change from artificial lights, and you can control the amount pouring in by partially closing the blinds or curtains. Sound can be a game changer for your environment. This could include music, meditations, or even white noise or ocean sounds to drown out some of the other noises that could be a distraction. If you want specific music, create a playlist ahead of time and make sure that you have a way to listen to it, whether you're going to be using your phone or bringing a small speaker with you. If you will be doing meditations or listening to MP3s, it could be helpful to have headphones so you can really focus and not hear any other noises going on around you. A busy hospital can be a noisy place, and even having some music or background noises like the sound of the ocean can help mute out other noises and maybe even be helpful for you or your partner to sleep. If you are being continuously monitored with an electronic fetal monitor, you can request to turn the volume down or off on monitors or any other machines that beep or make noises. Even the volume of voices can affect your environment. If you prefer to keep your labor room as quiet as possible, do not hesitate to ask anyone present to speak at a low volume if it's important to you. When your baby is born, they will be able to recognize your voice and your partner's voice, and the quieter the room is, the better they'll be able to hear you and know that you are right there. Your sense of smell can also have an impact on your mood and your environment. At home, you can control the smells in your space, but at a birth center or a hospital, you might be smelling cleaning products and chemicals used throughout the facility that don't help you feel comfortable and relaxed. Bringing something from home, like a blanket that smells like home or a scented candle could be helpful. Keep in mind that you may not be able to light a candle if it's against the policy of the hospital or birth center but it still may even help fill the room with a nice scent. Essential oils are becoming increasingly popular for use in labor. If you're interested in incorporating essential oils in your labor and birth, it might be helpful to put oils on cotton balls and store them in a Ziploc bag. Diffusing oils might be against the policy of the hospital and birth center, so it's definitely going to be helpful to know what their policy is before bringing in a diffuser. Also, in the event that a particular scent is no longer helpful for you, it's much easier to just seal up a plastic bag and open a new one 
rather than trying to clear out the air and get the smell out of an entire room if you are using a diffuser. Not all essential oils are recommended for expecting moms, and if you have any concerns about using particular oils, consult your care provider and do your research on that. During your labor and birth, you should be surrounded by supportive and trusted people that you have invited to be in your space. If someone is there, it should be because you asked them to be there. Do not let anyone pressure you into including them or bringing them into your environment if you don't want them present. Remember, this is your day and you are running the show. Privacy is a big deal for your birth environment. How would you react if someone came to visit you at your home and walked right in without any warning? Some women make it a point to request that anyone who wishes to come into their labor room knock first. This is a reasonable request, and it's going to give you a heads up that a stranger is coming into your room. Ina McGaskin has written extensively about the presence of a male stranger actually reversing dilation of the cervix during labor. If you want to read more on her findings about it, I will link to it in the show notes at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 41. I'm not saying that men should be banished from your birth. In fact, quite the opposite. You know that I am a huge proponent of your partner being there. Even a female doctor or nurse who you've never met just walking in your room can be an invasion to your privacy and catch you off guard. Part of feeling like you have privacy is also being able to do whatever you need to do to help you during labor without worrying about who will walk in, who can hear you, and who can see you. You can keep doors closed and curtains drawn if that makes your room feel more private. Even in a private environment, you may be considering inviting in a birth photographer or a close friend to take pictures to document the day and the birth. I have seen so many incredibly beautiful photographs from births. In some ways, it made me wish that we had done a better job documenting the birth of my son. If this is something that you are considering, talk to the photographer beforehand about your labor room environment so they can plan ahead to work with the lighting and surroundings that you prefer. If you want photos of the birth, it's a good idea to coordinate with your care provider to find out what their guidelines are for photography. If your partner or someone else will be taking photos, you may want to request that they do not use a flash so that it isn't a distraction for you. And of course, they wouldn't be using a flash for pictures of your new baby. If there's anything off limits for pictures, mention it. The most important thing is that you are comfortable. And if the thought of someone snapping photos like paparazzi sounds terrible to you, then you can certainly skip it. If you do want professional photos, but you're not really okay with someone being there for your birth, you can always wait until after your baby arrives and bring in a photographer at that point. Anything you can do to your environment to make you feel more comfortable, the better. Make sure that you visit the hospital or birth center before you go into labor so that you know what the labor and delivery rooms look like. And then you can brainstorm some ways that you can make it feel more like home. One easy way to make your surroundings more familiar is to include pictures of your family, a drawing from a big brother or sister to be, or an affirmation that you want to be reminded of during your labor. You want to set up the room to be your room. If there is anything that would make a big difference to you, pack it in your hospital or birth center bag. If something about the environment is not working for you, ask if you can adjust it, remove it, or turn it off. 
the more comfortable that you are in your surroundings, the more relaxed and at ease you will be to focus on meeting your baby. Planning ahead for your birth environment is part of the process of creating your birth plan. If you will be writing a birth plan and are having some trouble on where to start, I'd be happy to send you a copy of mine just as an example. Of course, your preferences may be different from mine, but at least you can see an example of how a birth plan could be worded and structured. If you want to get a copy emailed to you, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan. To recap today's episode, we talked all about your labor room environment, how different elements like light, sound, and people can make a major difference in how relaxed and comfortable you feel. There are a lot of things that you can add, remove, or adjust to make your birth environment as comfortable as possible and to be the most conducive to you being able to focus on your birth and keep your labor progressing. I want to thank you for tuning into the Pregnancy Podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful in planning for your birth environment. I will be back on Wednesday with another Q&A episode, and next week we are talking about home birth. Even if you are not considering having a home birth, there will be some good takeaways that you may be able to apply in a birth center or a hospital setting. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 41. I'd love for you to join us in the Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook, where you can connect with some other expecting moms and ask any questions, share any concerns, and I will put a link to this group in the show notes. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what is going on with your body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to the Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week. Week.